Hey Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, No commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. And within minutes of me telling the boys, I'm sorry, your daddy is dead. My firstborn said, well, what are you going to do for money? Tired, weary, frustrated. What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solo Mom's Talk, I discuss with solo mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solo mom, dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, Join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle of life, it's hard to keep your head above the water. So win this fight. My guest today is Debbie Baisden. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you for being on Solomon's Talk. Thank you for letting me be here. Yes, it's my pleasure. Before we start or we get into our conversation, could you tell us who is Debbie? Yeah, so I am a crazy mom of four teenage boys. I'm mm-hmm. a remarried widow and I've got two crazy rescue dogs. <laughs> ah, wow, lots of chaos. <laughs> Yes, it's very loud in my home. (laughs) I imagine, I imagine. That's fine. Okay, well, I appreciate you being here and um, joining us and to share your wisdom with us. Uh, You said you were a widow at any time where you were solo mom. And you can you explain that experience with us if you were? Yeah, I was unexpectedly widowed in the summer of 2012, which is still surreal to say that sentence. My boys at the time were eight, seven, four, and four. That's a lot to process these little brains to try to, how do you, how do you drop something so heavy on such tender hearts? That's really, you know, as moms, we never want to hurt our kids. And I had to intentionally inflict pain 
on these four hearts and forever change them. I, I wish I could have taken that burden from them. I think that's kind of the theme of motherhood as mm-hmm. our hearts grow so much with each baby we have. And to find myself unexpectedly widowed, I thought that happened in your 90s when you have great grandchildren. And so to still be raising such small people and so many of them in the litter we had created was really, really challenging because there was no one to rely on. There was no one to kind of shoulder the responsibilities of parenthood. There was no one to bounce ideas off of. And there was also no threat. I could not threaten my children with wait till daddy gets home. Mm. I couldn't be tired and say, well, daddy can do bath time. You know, it's all these little things that I had taken for granted in this partnership that now was all on my shoulders. And I thought, this is way too heavy. I, I don't know how to become two parents. You know, it's so it's so foreign to do it all by yourself. And yet there is no other alternative. There's no option. (laughs) You just have to do it because it's required. You have to. Yeah. Wow. So you, you were dropped in the middle of this because that wasn't planned, obviously. Um, Were you tempted to hide from, hide a lot of the stuff from your kids? Were you tempted to hide a lot yourself, the grief, the pain? Yeah, the strategy that I took when I, you know, as soon as I sat them all down to tell them this devastation, my goal was always to keep the wound fresh, to let it heal properly. I knew mm. it would leave a scar, but I didn't want it to get where where the scar was starting to be infected. And so the way that I handled my own mourning was to make it very public to them. Obviously, if Mm. we're grocery shopping, I would have to say maybe this isn't the time and place to fall apart, but especially at home and in the car, I wanted them to see me being real, to see me being raw, to see my weakness. I, I didn't, my purpose immediately was to not make any of my children the men of the home. They, I said, this is not some kind of promotion with responsibility. You're not going to be an adult. You're also not going to sleep in my bed. I think Mm. a lot of people (laughs) tend to make that decision. That was not for me. But I said, I'm going to let you see my pain so that you know it's okay to feel however you feel. If you feel lonely, angry, sad, confused, yeah, me too. And so they would see me break down and say, this is so hard. I'm so sorry. This is How does this feel for you guys? And they would see me weep and I would say, can you pray for me? And to have little children, I hope, feel empowered to say, yeah, I'll pray for you. And they put their little hand on my shoulder and pray to God for me. I wanted them to see my transparency and to know, hey, if my mom is struggling, I think it's okay if if my pillowcase also gets wet. So uh, while I didn't give them big responsibilities, I I didn't let them know, hey, I'm afraid of how we're going to pay bills because I was a stay-at-home mom. Instead, I just said, it's so sad that daddy's gone. And that's kind of the the boundaries I kept it in. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. All right. I, I ask that because sometimes we tend to want to hide our kids from pain and we don't let them deal with grief because we're trying to protect them. So yeah, I like that. Thank you. Um, now, you said you your husband passed away unexpectedly. Do you want to share that story with us? And what it sure. did to you as a wife? I, yeah, it, the boys and I were actually at my husband's parents' home. They lived about four hours away from us at the beach. So we were mm -hmm. vacationing. My husband, Aaron, was going to join us in a few days. So we just went on ahead without him. So he was staying at home alone. And kind of a long story short, he stopped responding to my text messages, which at first I dismissed as no big deal. But as the hours went on, it got to the point where I had to file a missing person report because I was not hearing back from him. My neighbor mm -hmm. was unable to locate him. My neighbor actually found his car parked behind the school where Aaron worked. So my husband was a PE teacher, athletic director. He was always at school doing something. He was always helping others, even during the summer. And so he, he found his car at night, but couldn't find my husband. So police showed up trying to search for him. Police dogs were unsuccessful looking for him. Friends and family were unsuccessful looking for him. And so my mother-in-law and I decided to drive through at the night went back home thinking, what in the world? Where is my husband? I am mm -hmm. freaking out and still trying to stay positive, assuming the best. Maybe it's a joke. Everything is fine. And they had, the police had dispersed a helicopter to do some infrared imaging. So that was kind of running behind. <clears throat> and they basically called everybody out of the woods and said, stop looking this is serious. This isn't going to, to be a good thing. We need to call in our rookie team because behind the school is a hundred acres of woods. So they're like, he's got to be somewhere in these hundred acre woods. So we'll have some professionals kind of map out, grid out the land and do an, a more organized professional search. In that time, the the sun was barely starting to peak up. So everybody was finally having the gift of of sunlight. Mm -hmm. And Aaron's sister said, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to go find my brother. And so she went marching into the woods. And within about 90 seconds is when we all heard a piercing scream echo from the woods. And I knew that things were bad, but, but still thought, hey, he, he broke his leg. Everything is fine because this kind of craziness doesn't happen. This is like a movie. Right. And so... Within a few minutes, a police officer came to me coming out of the woods and said, I'm sorry to tell you, your husband is deceased. And I was obviously blindsided, shocked, numb. This is impossible. And he told me, I, I, I knew my husband liked to hunt. He had been working on his deer stand and he was not strapped in. And so he fell from the tree where his deer stand was that he was working on. So he fell from a very high distance and, and that was it. You know, that was mm -hmm. the, this defining moment of this most horrible accidental way to end, you know, end your days here on yeah. earth and just trying to process that. I, I was in shock. I was in disbelief. I, I made the wilderness detective take me out into the woods 
you know, I wanted to see the tree. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I couldn't believe how high he had been. I'll never know the full details of what happened. If something had been slippery, if a branch was weak, I'm not really sure. So it was definitely this unexpected tragedy that yeah. invaded our lives. Yeah. Wow. I, I, that's all I can say. Wow. Mm. So you, you had that initial shock. Because, well, yeah, who wouldn't? At any time, did you feel yourself falling apart, like coming away at the seams? And how did you bring yourself back to center? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I was feeling like I was disintegrating. Everything that had been my tangible security had been taken from me. I think what kept me from fully imploding, especially in those initial months when just walking to the mailbox was very difficult. Every inch of my home was so emotionally painful. I think the only reason I couldn't fall apart fully was two things. It was God, who I had been anchored into long before, even though my faith had been pretty pretty convenient, kind yeah. of a complacent faith. And the second thing was the responsibility of now I'm a single mom. I These children are relying on me for the yes. next meal. They will yes. not wait. They do want to go to school. And so I think that was a good force where you still had to be functional, even though you feel like I'm just unraveling. I'm, I'm coming unglued. Absolutely. But God was like, you can do all things through me. Mm-hmm. And that became very true. That became a very concrete reality very quickly. So I I feel like I was both falling apart and yet being held together. People were very prayerful. You know, the way that God uses his people to help others is magnificent. That was yes. that was really helpful in those days. So I think I was falling apart and not falling apart, if that's yeah. possible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, you know, being so honest and open. And I know it was 2012, but I'm pretty sure it's still raw sometimes. So thank you for sharing. Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned God. And a lot of times, it doesn't matter where on the continuum your faith is, you know, you, you have four boys, you have this husband, you have this life, and all of a sudden, you know, God allows this, you know, this tragedy, you know, he took away your foundation, so to speak. And people sometimes go the other way. They curse God. And and so I'm always blessed when someone tell me they went through tragedy, but they're still holding on to God. So thank you for being honest with that. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, you know, some people, you know, do turn away. Some people, I think that crisis is a a great catalyst for starting Mm -hmm. their faith. I think, you know, I I feel very blessed. I don't take for granted that I had that foundation before the the quote unquote storm hit. I think that's what kept me from, again, like, you know, just becoming horizontal and being dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Thank you. I'm going to blindside you now. What is, I'm sorry, I don't mean that in, in an awful it. way. <laughs> what is Debbie grateful for today? 
Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thankful. I, I think what uh, something I've been super uh, spotlighting in my own personal life lately is the reminder that, that Jesus never leaves and he doesn't forsake. His Amen. faithfulness is so consistent knowing I am the worst of sinners. I don't deserve any of this. And in his mercy and grace, he still calls me his. And so I think that's what I'm most thankful for. Obviously, I'm I'm so appreciative of my family, but I think having this death happen really shifted my priorities to say it has to be God above people. It has to. Mm -hmm. I want this unwavering relationship with him for that everlasting contentment. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Wow. All right. So I, I'm reading your profile and I see something about guilt. What kind of guilt could you have, you know, having gone through this turmoil? I didn't expect guilt. That was something that, you know, I guess I just hadn't had such a, a deep, sorrowful, sorrowful experience before. I felt guilt the first time I smiled, the first time I laughed. It was almost like a self-condemnation of how dare you? How mm -hmm. dare you feel any ounce of happiness so quickly after such a, an impactful loss? I felt like that was wrong. You should be crying all the time. You should frown all the time. You should wear black all the time. It mm -hmm. should always be the state of yeah. you know, just this downcastness. And so then the guilt intensified. That was just, that was the easy superficial guilt. But the more time I spent thinking about it, I remembered that before this beach trip with the boys where my husband made these kids peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and sent us down the road, I had reminded Aaron, oh yeah, didn't you say you were going to work on your deer stand while we were gone? And he said, oh yeah, thanks for reminding me. I had forgotten. Uh. This moment of, wait a minute, what have I done? Did did I contribute to this? This whole, like, it, I, you know, I can't go back. I can't change that sentence that I said. Would he have remembered, knowing he was very ADHD, would he have remembered he said he was going to work on his deer stand? So I had this guilt of, oh my goodness, did I contribute to his downfall? Literally. Mm -hmm. And then the guilt continued to magnify knowing I started to like someone else. The, the concept of any other man being in my future was not on my forecast. I, I was not looking for love. I, I didn't want it. I didn't expect it. I was drowning in this single motherhood, and yet it was unstoppable. It was so magnetic, and, and in the end, it was so God-ordained, but I still felt guilty. I felt like a mistress who was cheating on my husband because I don't have a lot of good qualities. One good thing I do have is I'm very loyal. And I had been so loyal to my first husband that it felt very wrong to like someone else. Even though we had fulfilled our wedding vows, there was no reconciliation. I still struggled with this feels wrong. Mm -hmm. It feels like this is, it's weird. It's a, it's a different territory to be in. So those were some of the big feelings of guilt that. Wow, they really came out of nowhere. Absolutely. Yes. 
Yes, well, th those are things that the enemy used to distract us and, you know, hoping that whatever blessing God has in store for you, that you'll be, feel so condemned, you won't accept those blessings. So I'm glad you kicked him to the curb and, you know, accepted your blessing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's very, he's a busybody, you know, always in your business trying to distract you. So yeah, believe me, I know. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell us about your work and tell us how you can help um, people, especially solo moms. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a formal, former school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. My husband passed away when I was a stay-at-home mom. And within minutes of me telling the boys, I'm sorry, your daddy is dead. My firstborn said, well, what are you going to do for money? How are we going to, you know, pay for the cell phone? And I had not thought about this. It had not crossed my mind. I'm still trying to process that my mm -hmm. husband is in heaven. And so in the weeks and months after I thought, this is my opportunity for a chapter two in life. What do I want to be when I grow up? And having made my own litter of children, I thought, I don't think I like kids. I can't go back to the classroom. I don't want to be around 30 of these little people all day long. <laughs> and so I decided to pursue my newfound passion of fitness. I liked helping women make getting in shape convenient because women are so busy and they they love so big that they put themselves on the back burner. And I thought, how yep. can I work with that and help it to be as easy as possible to just do exercise for a few minutes a day? And so I decided to get certified and I started leading group workouts at a local park, having moms come with their kids. Their kids would play on the playground. I would bring all the dumbbells, all the workout mats, do a quick workout and let them be on their way. And so what happened over the past decade is it, it blossomed to two online fitness and nutrition businesses that help moms to easily feel their best so mm. that they can pour into their family. Because so often we're pouring from that empty cup, just feeling depleted, just lethargic, overwhelmed. And it's like, we want to partner up, link arms with you and say, okay, here's your situation. Let's just make it as easy as possible to look and feel your best so that you can be a great role model for your kids. So you have energy to play with them. So you have the stamina for all the other work demands that are on your plate. Mm -hmm. And again, just make it something that truly is an easy lifestyle. So that's where both businesses uh, started from. About the same time, one of them is mom sanity because all moms are crazy and need sanity. And the other is fit with Deb. Oh, okay. I like it. And how can we get in touch with you? You know, I'd love to connect. Um, I do blog about my grief and faith and, and would love to connect there. My my website is super long, but it's debbiewilkinsbasedin.com. And then you can also check out the fitness and nutrition businesses at fitwithdeb.com and mymomsanity.com. Okay. And you're, are you on Instagram? We'll put all those links in the show notes. Yes. So, all yeah. over Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, okay. Pinterest, all over all the things. <laughs> okay. Great. So we'll put those links in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. All right. I appreciate you, Debbie Basin, for coming and talking to us today. Um, any final thoughts, um, especially 
one final piece of advice for a solo mom who may be in the spot you were when you lost your husband? Yeah, I think this this great loss taught me how superficial my Bible reading had been, how rushed my prayer time had been, that I had drifted into this convenient complacency. And so I would say, don't wait for a crisis to have a plugged in walk with the Lord. I would mm-hmm. say as busy as you are, if you can only read one Bible verse a day, if you have to pray while you're locked in the bathroom, I would say keep having this unwavering relationship with the Lord to really put him first, whether you have pain or maybe it's an easy time in life. I really feel like that's the number one. And and part of my favorite Bible verse that I think I would leave with is from Proverbs 31. It's towards the end in verse 25, and it says, she can laugh at the days to come. I think we are designed to have joy even when life is really hard. Yes. Wow. Thank you. That's amazing. I really appreciate you. And I hope one day you'll come back and, you know, let me talk to you again. I would (laughs) love that. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's such a blessing. Absolutely. For us too. Thank you, Debbie. I appreciate you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hello, Moms. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life, to see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry, and parenting alone can be a lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemarie.com or by calling plus one 917-994-1329 or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.